Welcome to Rental Equip Talk Radio with your host, Donald Charbonnet. This is the radio program designed for industry insiders, as well as anyone interested in getting into the rental equipment industry. Now, here is Donald Charbonnet. Hey, how y'all doing this morning? I am your host, Donald Charbonnet, broadcasting live from New Orleans. Today, Wednesday, May the 22nd. Uh, today's show is sponsored by Credit Safe. Extend credit safely with Credit Safe. They're accurate, fast, and can save you money. Big thank you to all our listeners, tell your friends and associates, especially our international crowd. It's very, very gratifying and it's growing. So, uh, Ireland, I hear you. Okay? Remember, you can always listen on demand after the show. Please let me know if there's a certain guest or subject you'd like to have on the show, and I'll do my best to get them. We have some good ones coming up in the weeks to come. That email address is rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. Today's guest, an extinguished gentleman in my opinion, is Arlen Swenson. Arlen is the Vice President of Sales of International Institute of Marketing Excellence a consulting company he formed to work with other companies. Harlan was born and raised in a rural farm in northeastern Montana near Sioux Pass in Fairview, Montana. He's got a Bachelor of Science in Electronic Engineering Technology from Weber State University in Oregon, excuse me, Ogden, Utah. He is a 20-plus year corporate career veteran with the John Deere Construction Equipment Division of Deere & Company headquartered in Moline. Various job assignments in product and market development, including manager, North American state and local government sales and marketing with annual sales at that time with $255 million plus. He increased sales 17% annually while reducing selling costs by more than 15%. He's a creator and implementer of Best Bid Program, trademark worked with department, staff, agencies, and independent dealer network. He was then promoted to manager of North American Rental Sales and Marketing, delivering a $250 million-plus sales gain over a mere 28-month period. He worked with department staff, independent dealer networks, local rental companies, and direct sales to, to national rental accounts such as Hertz. He's the creator and implementer of the Ment to Rent market branding campaign. When he left Deere, he then switched from large corporation work to management of independent industrial equipment dealerships. He was the CEO of Martin Equipment of Illinois, a large John Deere construction equipment dealership, and then general manager of Bobcat Enterprises, Inc., a large Bobcat construction equipment dealership, responsible for all departments, including their rent to rent divisions. After all that, Arlen, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Donald. A very gracious introduction. <laughs> well, you you deserve it. Uh, you, you've been around as long as I have, and uh, you know, sometimes us old, older guys got to get together and let them know that we got some history with us. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's great. Today's today's main topic, as Arlen and I have been discussing over the last number of weeks, is improving return on investment on your rental assets through planning. And it and it sounds good, but where does somebody start, Arlen, to begin this process? And in in that a kind of a dual question, in that what is your definition of return on investment 
and what type of planning are you talking about? Well, that it can mean a lot of things <laughs> to a lot of people, uh, but uh, in in very general terms, uh, the return on investment uh, I'm referring to is the uh, rental operations within a division and uh, the, the literal return on investment on the assets that are invested. Uh, so when you would look at uh, your rental fleet, you should have a knowledge of what are your top performers, uh, middle performers, and low performers in terms of the investment, uh, the rental revenue being generated, the repairs, etc. So total return on investment of those assets. So that's the ROI I was referring to specifically uh, in terms of, of the rental operations. Uh, the other part of the equation, obviously, is is coming up with the plan. And, uh, you know, as a first step, starting the process of developing a plan should gain input from all the people that already have good insight into your business. And probably the first step there is including your employees because they have some real good insight on operations and what's going on currently. They also have a good idea of what some of the problems are or what some of the barriers they're running into, and they also often have very good ideas to improve overall performance. Right, right. And so when you when you talk about current employees, any, any employees in particular in that group? Well, it, it can... Can be just confined to the rental department, but uh, what I found in working with different independent dealerships, uh, it's good to have input from a variety of employees. In other words, the service department has their opinion, the parts department has their opinion, the sales department has their opinion, and obviously the rental department has their opinion. But combined, uh, getting the input from those groups uh, really helps to streamline and fit things that work well for the individual dealership. And each dealership's always set up a little differently. But getting that input from those various operating divisions and how they can support each other and help each other, or quite frankly, they can talk about how they can change some things to better suit each de- each department working together more closely. Right. And, in, and I'm sure you've had a zillion group meetings in, in the past, but uh, do you find people ready and willing and able to relinquish their thoughts in, in those kind of group meetings sometimes? Well, you got to be very careful there, as you probably <laughs> know, because uh, you'll have some quiet people and vocal people, etc. But uh, the best way to do it, I've found, uh, two different ways. Uh, you can meet one-on-one with uh individual employees and have one-on-one conversation and obviously you'll have that input from that individual. Uh, But what I found works a little bit better is to have a facilitated meeting where you have a independent facilitator that kind of orchestrates the meeting and keeps it under control uh, and you have the group meeting to discuss those ideas. And, and And there's a whole process that do that and several ways to do that, but probably one of the more simpler ways is, uh, is the use of flip charts. That's uh, kind of old technique compared to computers, so to speak, but it works very effectively. The idea is you open up the discussion with that, with that group, and there's a, a set of rules you have to follow. 
the biggest rule is when an individual is talking, that person cannot be interrupted by anybody else. In other words, uh, if they're if that person who's talking and presenting their idea, there may be some people in the room that disagree with that, but that's not time to discuss it. It's time to hear what that person is saying from their viewpoint. That basic information then is entered up on the flip chart and recorded. And uh, at at that particular moment, there's uh, no discussion on what was presented. Uh, And you go around the room in a controlled manner, getting input from everybody there. And then it's also recorded on the flip charts around the room. It'll be quite a process. That process will take a good part of the day to do it properly, depending on the number of people you have. Uh, And after that's done, you actually have uh, some colored stickers, a little round stickers, and everybody gets a chance to vote. Uh, And... uh, Probably, depending on the number of questions, you give everybody four stickers, four different colors, a red, blue, yellow, green type of stickers. And uh, you ask everybody, uh, they have give everybody about 10 minutes, uh, get up with their stickers, and they put the colored sticker you identify, let's say the red sticker is the number one sticker, and uh, each individual puts their red sticker on the comment they feel is most important that was brought up that day. And you do that with the number two, number three, number four. And what you gain then is a group consensus of what is your most important priorities to take care of, one through four. And the other part of it is you don't throw away any of the comments because they're all important. And those are worked on later on. But now you have your top four priorities that you uh, have as a group to improve overall performance from the group standpoint. Right. And and this is all part of uh, what I would consider to be the strategic part of the process? Well, that's part of the, it's, it's the beginning part of the process in terms of making sure you're getting input uh, from the people that probably know the most about your business and what they're running into on a day-to-day basis. From that standpoint, you start developing your overall strategic plan. In other words, how are you going to accomplish some of these top priorities that the group consensus has come up with to improve operations? And that starts becoming the core of your overall strategic plan. And your overall strategic plan, obviously, is going to have many elements in it, uh, but that's that's the base, basic basis of it. Uh, I don't know if I answered your question there, if I need to go any further yeah, on that. Yeah. I mean, I know I know we're going to talk about several different plans in the course of the hour, but I think that was kind of the, the lead-in uh, starting point uh, about the improvement of the ROI and, and strategic having a strategic plan was one of the main ones that uh, I know we were going to address in the course of the hour. So uh, I, I think sure. that's a, a, a great uh, lead-in, if you will, to, uh, to to get the process started and, uh, you know, pulling people from their regular jobs to to be part of a group, I think, has got to be pretty exciting for a guy to, to say, man, they want, they want my input, you know, and I'm going to have some say-so and, uh, you know, what the future of this company might look like. And I think all those are go a long, long way of making a guy feel wanted along the way. So the selection of that, of that group 
uh, be it outside, inside, service manager, technicians, you know, uh, all the way across the board is just so, so important in making people feel like they're, um, they're part of a company. You agree? I agree very much. And what it does, it gets, uh, it develops, actually starts developing that team a lot better. Because it's not unusual to have, uh, you know, the service department agreeing, disagreeing with the parts department and et cetera, et cetera. But you get them together and working on a common purpose, they start looking for ways how they can help, help out each other. And how, how can the, how can the parts department help out the service department, vice versa? And of course, the, uh, the the one that sometimes stubs their toe the most is the sales department and their communications with the different departments, and how they can help each other that way. So, how important is it to have that new rental piece of equipment that comes in be properly inspected, pre-delivered, uh, tuned up properly? Uh, and does the sales department know all those details that go into it? And also present that back to the customer who's renting. So that's right. just a brief example of how the department's working together for a common purpose, helping each other through the overall operation. Okay. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation about return on investment, and we'll find out that maybe the sales department's not the whole company. So back to you, Voice America. The Genie Z60 37FE Boom Lift is at the forefront of true hybrid technology. It is actually two machines in one that can be used for both indoor and outdoor applications. The Genie difference is a lower cost of operation and cleaner performance. The Genie 60 37FE Boom Lift is more fuel efficient, driven by high efficiency AC motors, which means lower emissions too. Check out the Genie FE difference today. Visit genielift.com. Have you tried the new generation of Genie XC Booms? The XC stands for extra capacity, and with new technology in the design, the Genie XC Booms carry a higher load with dual capacity capability, compliant to global industry standards. Save time while you increase productivity. The new Genie XC Booms are common in design, parts, and accessories for easier servicing. For more information about the Genie family of XC Boom Lifts, visit genielift.com. That's genielift.com. Genie Aerial Pros is one of the most comprehensive industry websites focused on safety and standards, service, and new products and applications. The Genie Aerial Pros site features experts in aerial and rental markets with five decades of experience and shared knowledge. You'll also get information on upcoming industry and company events, videos, training, and more. The Genie Aerial Pros website is available on a wide variety of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or through our own website at genielift.com. Genie Genuine Parts undergo testing on long-term durability and reliability, which means higher equipment resale values and warranties for you. You don't want to waste time and money on generic parts or even counterfeit parts, especially in the long run. Genie Genuine Parts are factory fitted and field tested to the highest of standards, which means more machine uptime. We also have free ground freight on orders of $750 or more from our two parts warehouses. Go to genielift.com to find out more. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
This is Rental Equip Talk Radio with Donald Charbonnet. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. That's rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. And welcome back to Rental Equip Talk Radio. This is Donald Charbonnet in New Orleans. My guest today is a very distinguished gentleman by the name of Arlen Swenson. Been around the industry for quite some time. Has a, a sterling reputation, in my opinion, of, uh, of uh, everything that he has accomplished. And today's discussion is about improving ROI. And we were just wrapping up the first segment, talking about getting a group of your peers together to talk about uh, a strategic plan and how to uh, better uh, attack certain issues uh, going on in, in the business. So, uh, Arlen, welcome back. Uh, improving return on investment also requires, obviously, some utilization data of the current rental assets. Talk about that a little bit about your experience and what you've seen in the in the past. Well, uh, in, in general terms, uh, I see rental operations uh, investing in rental software specifically. And oftentimes what happens is that software, even though it has a lot of capabilities, ends up kind of being the piece that generates invoices and uh, rental documents. But a lot of the other part of the software isn't being utilized. And, and the big one being tracking the individual asset and then somebody in that company, uh, whether it be the manager of the rental department or someone else, uh, then looks at that information on a monthly basis in terms of what is the actual return on investment that you're getting out of those individual assets. Uh, simplistically, uh, you'd be looking for your high-performance units, uh, mid-performance units, and then low-performance units. Uh, and so you look for those high-performance units, that are giving nice high return on investment. In other words, there's high demand for it. It's on on rent continuously. It has uh, a reasonable repair costs, etc. cetera. Uh, and obviously the rental rate is desirable. And, and looking at ways to expand on those high performance. Uh, the other one on the low performance, if they continually keep showing up on that low performance end of it, is to start a process to move them up or figure out how to get get them out on rent more uh, or the right rate or quite frankly uh, getting rid of them and because uh, they're showing you they're probably not going to be a good contributor to your bottom line because they're simply a low performance. Uh, that whole idea comes back into your strategic, what I call a strategic purchasing plan. So what I see sometimes happen there is is you have an impulse buy uh, on something that you see, but you really haven't found out at what, what the track record could be or might be on that particular piece. And uh, so you you do an impulse buy instead of a strategic performance uh, buy based on return on investment or customer demand, so on and so forth. Uh, really, that buying plan or the strategic purchasing plan uh, is if you have a plan with a specific result in mind and a plan to receive it to obtain those results, I guess is the best way to say it. 
but you're mm-hmm. allowing that uh, software program to help show you the numbers. And that sometimes is the uh, tripping point for a lot of rental companies. They're, they're seeing their volume of business and the number of invoices they're doing and so forth, but they're not really looking at the individual asset that closely. So, so obviously, if you do your strategic purchasing plan properly, then ho- the hope is in all of our businesses that uh, you won't have a lot of low performers. That's my, the whole my, idea. That's yeah. uh, you, you hit the nail right on the head. It's uh, it's surprising uh, when when you first look at that. You often have a lot of surprises on why did why do we even have this asset or why don't I have more of these assets? Is what comes out of that analysis. Uh, I guess another thing I would say is often rental business owners fail to fully consider why they're buying a specific asset and how that acquisition will benefit them. How is it fit in a plan? And they also often, often fail to set a specific goal for each piece of equipment. Uh, sometimes even, you know, they don't consider depreciation and some other financial factors, uh, when they're looking at the purchase, uh, in the life of it being in the in, in their uh, fleet, uh, I would say a good strategic buying plan is one that's aligned with the business objectives. Uh, you know, to help the help the buyer to avoid making buying mistakes or making uh, buying decisions just on impulse. Uh, I would say that probably happens at at the big annual rental meetings each year when you go there and you see all this equipment sitting around bright and shiny and new and uh, and uh, looks like great prices on them and all that stuff. Uh, and uh, you're sometimes tempted to do an impulse buy, but if you have with you your strategic buying plan, knowing the type of asset you're looking for, uh, it's a great time to buy at the shows because that's some of your best pricing that you're going to get, but you don't want it to be an impulse buy. So it looks like a good idea. I just might have to try it out. It might not be the best decision unless you have a little more history on it. Yeah, it's almost like a show of temptation when you walked at uh, that ARA floor with everything looking so pretty. And <laughs> that, <laughs> That's for that sure. Changes. There's always a good deal there. And and you got you got all the best uh, people that know the equipment there. They're going to represent their equipment very well, uh, which is nothing wrong with that. Uh, but that might even be a question uh, you could ask that individual that uh, – is trying to sell you that product, what would be a reasonable return on investment that they would expect that product to make for the individual rental company and yeah. see what they have to say. And then I, I recall in years past, trenches with a, with a key item, you know, it's like a, or, or a plate compactor that is a self-destructing piece of equipment. And so the driving force has got to be, can I get enough rental out of it knowing it's going to break or something's going to go wrong with it and can I still make a fair return on investment, Right. Oh, absolutely. That's all part of the equation. Uh, but that's also part of the equation of, uh, of what the, uh, what the, what the maintenance is that you're spending on it and so forth. You know, that all needs to be anticipated. And that old story, there's no free lunch, so to speak. Uh, and there's some assets that, uh, have a lot of reliability built into them. Uh, and there's other assets, as you said, that are self-destructive. So, are you are you getting the right rate to start with, knowing knowing the life cycle of that asset that it's going to be, and uh, you know repair costs that you're going to incur, and quite frankly, 
what's your projected disposal cost if there is going to be a disposal uh, cost uh, to replace that unit? Yeah, I can remember going uh, for certain items having a straight day rate, no uh, day, week, month, just because knowing the abuse that it was going to get, there was not going to be any benefit for the customer keeping it longer because every day it's going through the same abuse. And uh, that's very prevalent in the off-field, uh, offshore rental business that I was in years ago. But uh, that's a story for yet another day. <laughs> yes. So we've, we've talked a little bit about uh, – strategic plan and strategic purchasing plan. And so you got this product that you think you want. What about the marketing of, of that product? Well, there's, there's, that's another whole part of the agenda. These all tend to run together. You know, a, a good plan will have uh, these touchstones in each of, each of those areas because you need each of the areas to be fully successful. So, in terms of effective marketing, and you know, it's building an image and a presence and getting the word out to the right targets. Uh, and it's often confusing and difficult to figure out, but most companies have some form of a business plan in place. However, it's far less common for companies to develop a marketing plan. And not, not to be confusing, but uh, you need both of those. Uh, you you have a business plan, most of most all companies have a business plan of some form, uh, and you want to add to that business plan, what is your marketing plan? And, uh, you know, it's, as I said before, it's building that image. Uh, to, I guess, explain it more simplistically, a business plan defines the outline of the company's goals, and a marketing plan plots out how the company intends to achieve them. Both are essential for a business success. You can't have a good business plan without a marketing plan, and a marketing plan by itself will accomplish very little. Uh, I guess that's a simplistic way uh, I view it, uh, and I see that same thing in a lot of companies. And, and they both have their challenges, obviously, be it business or marketing. Yes, yes, you need both of them. Uh, to be fully effective, you can't. You know, like I said, if you don't don't have that business plan, the marketing plan is not going to do anything for you, and right. your business plan won't be as successful without a marketing plan. Right, and and somewhere intertwined in all that is just, is the strategic plan, right? <laughs> you got it. Overall, the strategic plan uh, ties all of that together. What's the overall plan, which has all of those elements that we've been talking about? That's the body of the strategic plan. It's there uh, to help guide, and it's there to help to refresh people's memories on where they're headed, uh, and it's there kind of for, you know, for a quarterly and annual review to see if you're on target on everything. Right. Okay. <clears throat> excuse me. I'll have to excuse me. I've really got a bad uh, you know, chest congestion going on here, but let's take another break before we go into the third segment at this point. We're coming back. We're talking with Arlen Swenson. Uh, who, in my opinion, is an expert in marketing and business plans. And uh, we'll go back to Voice America and come back here in just a minute. Thank you. Thank you. 
Genie Aerial Pros is one of the most comprehensive industry websites focused on safety and standards, service, and new products and applications. The Genie Aerial Pros site features experts in aerial and rental markets with five decades of experience and shared knowledge. You'll also get information on upcoming industry and company events, videos, training, and more. The Genie Aerial Pros website is available on a wide variety of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or through our own website at genielift.com. Genie Genuine Parts undergo testing on long-term durability and reliability, which means higher equipment resale values and warranties for you. You don't want to waste time and money on generic parts or even counterfeit parts, especially in the long run. Genie Genuine Parts are factory fitted and field tested to the highest of standards, which means more machine uptime. We also have free ground freight on orders of $750 or more from our two parts warehouses. Go to genielift.com to find out more. Have you tried the new generation of Genie XC Booms? The XC stands for extra capacity, and with new technology in the design, the Genie XC Booms carry a higher load with dual capacity capability, compliant to global industry standards. Save time while you increase productivity. The new Genie XC Booms are common in design, parts, and accessories for easier servicing. For more information about the Genie family of XC Boom Lifts, visit genielift.com. That's genielift.com. The Genie Z60-37FE Boom Lift is at the forefront of true hybrid technology. It is actually two machines in one that can be used for both indoor and outdoor applications. The Genie difference is a lower cost of operation and cleaner performance. The Genie 60-37FE Boom Lift is more fuel efficient, driven by high efficiency AC motors, which means lower emissions too. Check out the Genie FE difference today. Visit genielift.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Rental Equipped Talk Radio with Donald Charbonnet. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to rentalequipedtalkradio at gmail.com. That's rentalequipedtalkradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. And we are back with Rental Equipped Talk Radio with Donald Charbonnet, talking about return on investment and several plans to help get you there properly. My guest today is a very distinguished Arlen Swenson, uh, a veteran of the industry, both from the manufacturing side and also the dealership and, and rental side. And uh, <clears throat> Arlen, we left off, we were talking about putting a, uh, we started talking about a strategic plan, kind of moved into business plan, and we were talking about marketing plan uh, when we took the break, and how each of these has its own challenges. Uh, time, obviously, is the primary factor. Can you comment on that, please? Well, yeah, that's, uh, that is obviously uh, a challenge for everybody. That's, uh, that's why you will find different forms of these plans in place. And uh, what, what I would say the biggest challenge uh, of, of having these plans put together properly and, uh, and the effective use of them is uh, having the time uh, to do them uh, as, as what I like to call the tyranny of the urgency. And what I mean by that is the, the owner can get so caught up in day-to-day demands of running their business 
that they never have time to plan. But owners can't afford to do that. Owners need to realize they cannot afford not to plan. And yes, it gets busy and everything else, but you've got to carve out the time and you got to dedicate yourself to that. So how do you, in fact, develop a marketing plan? Well, uh, I guess it starts, it starts in brief. A marketing plan is a quantitative statement that describes the company's overall approach to the market. A good plan requires input from all the stakeholders, including customers. That's the one I'm always surprised why businesses are cautious to talk to their customers. you got to ask your customers what's going on. In other words, what services do the customers want uh, and uh, that you're not providing in particular? Uh, I've actually seen some very successful rental companies that actually form customer advisory boards uh, to discuss how can we get more of your business. In other words, the business saying to those customers, what is it that you're looking for from us or what else can we provide to work with you or how can we improve our performance that we're currently doing? And that backs right in then, back into your overall strategic plan, marketing plan, strategic purchasing, so forth. You're talking with the customers. And I'll tell you, my experience is customers love to give input to companies if they feel the companies are there to help them. And uh, they're not bashful. They'll, uh, they'll let you know what they're looking for, what they're expecting, and they'll even come up with some great ideas uh, how they can help the company provide those things. And so what, what, in your opinion, uh, in the development of the marketing plan, what are some of the things uh, owners ought to consider as far as questions to their peer group? Well, uh, I can give you some of, uh, of the things I've used in the past and I've seen other companies do. Uh, it can... And it really is, and there may be some unique geographical or local location items that uh, I, I may not mention here, but uh, and it some in some areas it's unique to the area. But uh, uh, do they have a? Uh, does the company have a particular philosophy towards a customer or a message that uh, you want to send? In other words, what are what's what are you trying to accomplish as a company, and how do you want to get that message out to the customer base, and, is that, and what is the reaction of that message from the customers? In other words, that is that of interest to, to them. Uh, the other basic question is how do you get that message to the marketplace? Uh, is it a website? Uh, is it uh, direct mail? Is it uh, part of the message that uh, the sales force is communicating with the uh, customers, or is it the message that the customer receives when they come into the uh, into the rental center? Uh, and by the way, does your service department and parts department are they aware of that message, and are they communicating the same message, etc.? Uh, how are you planning on approaching the customer? Is this uh, as I kind of mentioned before, is it uh, word of mouth? Is it advertised? Uh, do you have you have a slogan for your business? Uh, are if there's something that you're especially good at, are you promoting those items to uh, distinguish yourself from the rest of the marketplace? 
Uh, I guess the other part of the uh, question there is how how will they know you're in business? So if uh, somebody is looking to rent something that you have, how do they know that you have it? Uh, it seems like a pretty basic question in today's uh, modern electronic uh, age, but uh, many times it's you have uh, a lot of choices out there, and are you going to show up as one of the choices when somebody's searching for what you have? Right. Uh, and uh, I guess the other thing is uh, how do you stack up against competition? Why should people... Uh, rent from you instead of the uh, rental company on the other side of town. And uh, what is the differentiation be- between that? Is it uh, simply pricing, or is there something something else that you're uh, known for? And, uh, and you know, in a sense, how are you known in the business? And you know, you how do you stack up compared to competition? When we talk about the marketplace in general, there's always regulations that are changing and technology that's changing. Would you see that as part of the uh, reaching out to customers to help educate them at that point? Oh, absolutely. That comes back. That comes back to the customer board. Uh, the most recent one I can think of is the uh, silica dust uh, and the, you know, the grinding of concrete and so forth. So uh, are you providing materials there uh, for rent to protect the uh, worker in the uh, workplace? Uh, better yet, uh, how are you equipping the equipment that you're purchasing to uh, protect the operator operating the equipment? Uh, so that's, that's a recent uh, thing that's happened. Uh, the silica dust has uh, changed uh, some buying patterns, for example, a lot of uh, the industrial equipment I, I see around, from skid steer loaders to four-wheel drive loaders to hydraulic excavators, uh, a lot of rental companies are now ordering those with a fully enclosed cab and air conditioning. So it's a pressurized cab to keep the silica dust out of the operator's department. Uh, and again, and as, other- we get in, as we get into robotics, I guess we won't have to have air conditioning systems, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other part of it. There's certainly some new advances in that area. Uh, yeah, you can uh, remotely control a lot of equipment now, and uh, there's new advances in that all the time. It's uh, pretty amazing, uh, some of the technology coming out. But uh, remote-controlled equipment is uh, certainly one of the available options. Right. And, and obviously there are obstacles standing in the way of an owner. What do you see as some of those obstacles to get some of this stuff done? In, in, in terms of uh, just uh, the planning, I know we talked about time, you know, but uh, what else do you see as a barrier of getting uh, some of these things, uh, you know, in the right place, in the right bucket, so to speak? Well, it's it, it's the the barrier, is, quite frankly, is the decision that the company needs to recognize they need to do it, uh, and if there isn't uh, if there isn't a drive from top management. Uh, to make changes or to be aware of what's going on out there, uh, then not much is going to happen. Uh, but that's all. That's. But if you're going to have back to our original conversation an effective strategic plan that has all the different elements involved in it, that decision needs to come from the top, and that's something that's going to be done. And then they, and then the employees need to see that's what the decision is, and it's actually happening. That uh, uh, the conversation isn't just conversation, but there's action put in place, there's involvement happening, 
and uh, and it's and it's, and it's happening for them. So uh, it starts as simple as saying, are, "Is the company happy with the results they're currently getting, or not happy with the results they're currently getting?" And then the other Good part question. of that equation <laughs> is, "Are the customers happy with the results they're getting from the from the rental company that they're working with?" Now, if there's some disconnect there, that's a perfect place to start. Uh, you know, what kind of growth are you planning? What are your current and projected share of the market? And in terms of the obstacles in the way, that's all coming out in those conversations. Some of them you're already aware of, and uh, you need to attack those first because those probably are the low-hanging fruit, as we call it. Uh, and the others are a little tougher to get to, but that's all reason for having those discussions and laying out the plan. When you lay out that plan, a lot of times the employees are going to come out with, how are we going to accomplish this? Because what you, what you we're talking about doing here, we don't have the uh, tools to do it. Right, right. Yeah, but unless you take the time to take a step back and take a good hard look at things, nothing's ever going to get done, right? That's, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. We're about to take our, our last break, and uh, when we go into the last section uh, Arlen and I have talked in the past about uh, the the living document, and I'd like him to uh, discuss that for just a few minutes before we wrap up in the last segment. Uh, so with that, let's take our last break and go back to Voice America. Thank you. Genie Genuine Parts undergo testing on long-term durability and reliability which means higher equipment resale values and warranties for you. You don't want to waste time and money on generic parts or even counterfeit parts, especially in the long run. Genie Genuine Parts are factory fitted and field tested to the highest of standards, which means more machine uptime. We also have free ground freight on orders of $750 or more from our two parts warehouses. Go to genielift.com to find out more. Genie Aerial Pros is one of the most comprehensive industry websites focused on safety and standards, service, and new products and applications. The Genie Aerial Pros site features experts in aerial and rental markets with five decades of experience and shared knowledge. You'll also get information on upcoming industry and company events, videos, training, and more. The Genie Aerial Pros website is available on a wide variety of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or through our own website at genielift.com. The Genie Z60-37FE Boom Lift is at the forefront of true hybrid technology. It is actually two machines in one that can be used for both indoor and outdoor applications. The Genie difference is a lower cost of operation and cleaner performance. The Genie 60-37FE Boom Lift is more fuel efficient, driven by high-efficiency AC motors, which means lower emissions too. Check out the Genie FE difference today. Visit genielift.com. Have you tried the new generation of Genie XC Booms? The XC stands for extra capacity, and with new technology in the design, the Genie XC Booms carry a higher load with dual capacity capability, compliant to global industry standards. Save time while you increase productivity. The new Genie XC Booms are common in design, parts, and accessories for easier servicing. For more information about the Genie family of XC Boom Lifts, visit genielift.com. That's genielift.com. 
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. This is Rental Equipped Talk Radio with Donald Charbonnet. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to rentalequipedtalkradio at gmail.com. That's rentalequipedtalkradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. And we are back at Rental Equipped Talk Radio. I'm your host, Donald Charbonnet. Uh, my distinguished guest today is Mr. Arlen Swenson, a veteran of the equipment industry. And we've talked a lot about uh, return on investment today and uh, taking it from a strategic plan to a business plan to a marketing plan and even a contingency plan, if, if, if you will. Uh, but one of the things that Arlen and I spoke about before the, the show, just in some general discussion, was uh, the business and marketing plan being a uh, what we call, what he, what he calls, a living <clears throat> document. Arlen, can you comment on that for me, please? Well, I'd be glad to. Uh, the living document, uh, what I'm referring to there, it doesn't do you any good to sit down and do a bunch of planning and uh, have it printed up on a piece of paper or whatever, how you're doing it, and then that's the last time you talk about it or look at it, say, for a year or even a couple of years. Who you have and are you referring to it? So in terms of a living document, it's something that's got to be just that. It has to be alive. It's got to be part of the organization, and it should be pretty clear. Uh, as an example, uh, if in your overall planning, in terms of responding to your customer base and uh, what you do for the customers, uh, are you committed enough to that that you actually put that in print? In other words, what is your customer promise? And do you show that, what your customer promise is? I'm not saying you necessarily have to do that, but it needs to be literally that graphic in many cases. Uh, you know, we promise uh, to uh, have the equipment delivered to you in X amount of time or whatever your promises are to your customer base. But the living document part of it is no matter what you put together, change is always happening. That's what we've been talking about is the different changes and how you handle them. So that living doc document has to be adjustable also. What may be good this year in doing, you may have to modify slightly as you move into the next year or situations change or uh, priorities change. So that once you got the document, it needs to be referred to most of your employees, uh, whether they're relatively new or have been there a while, should be very familiar with it and what their part of it is and also allows you to modify that living document because you may find newer and better ways to do things and you want to incorporate that into it. Uh, you also need to have a contingency plan if uh, things go wrong. So, uh, you know, your benchmarks will tell you uh, what elements are necessary if you need to act before much time has passed. Uh, there's, there's a variety of things that you want to make part of that li- living document and make it a, a viable, integral part of your business. And that's the way you're going to accomplish things, all the way back to that return on investment. Who's checking return on investment each month, and how are you adjusting it? And uh, what about the new products to get introduced? Uh, 
are they something that you want to add to your fleet, uh, or is it not something you're going to pursue because it's not a fit for what you do? You're a general tool rental division. Or do you want to get into the heavy construction equipment rental, or no, that's not a direction you want to go in, or do you want to expand further in some of the tool areas that you're not currently in? Uh, I guess that's why I call it it's best to be a living document, one that is visited and reviewed frequently and that everyone in the company is aware of and underlined uses it. Does that that help you understand what I meant by living document? And so, Arlen, as we we wrap up the last segment, I have a couple of questions for you, of course, before we, we leave, but I mainly want the listeners to know how do they get in touch with you? You're, you're a consultant. You're an expert in your field. If somebody needs your services, how do they reach you? Well, there's there's a couple ways. I, <laughs> I, uh, I invite anybody that would like to get a hold of me. Uh, probably the easiest is my email, and it's not complicated. It's Arlen, A-R-L-E-N, Swenson, S-W-E-N-S-O-N, at gmail.com. And that will get right through to me. Uh, in, in terms of an email. If someone would like to call me, I, I don't mind calls. Uh, my number is 513-254-6515. And I do enjoy talking to people in the business and uh, having no problem if somebody wanted to contact me. Okay, thank you. I wanted to make sure we covered that. So I'm going to ask you uh, two questions. Define in about a sentence or so the difference between strategic plan, marketing plan, business plan, and contingency plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, strategic plan is the overall plan that incorporates all of those elements you talked about. Uh, it's, it's strategically where you want to go. The marketing plan is how you're going to communicate that and how people will know how to get a hold of you. Uh, the strategic purchasing plan is the overall plan in terms of the products that you're going to be utilizing, adding to, or eliminating from from uh, from what you're doing. Uh, did I miss one? Here, I think I think we covered them. Okay, but is there any uh, any meat for the contingency plan? The uh, contingency plan, uh, in, in in terms of that, is is is. What I mean by contingency plan, when you look at your overall strategic marketing, purchasing, and so forth, is is what happens if there's, well, regrettably, what happens if there's, uh, the owner is in a tragic af- accident and is no longer able to uh, uh, run the business temporarily, what is the contingency in that situation? Who steps in? and handle things until the owner is able to get back involved. That would be an extreme situation, but what is the contingency? Uh, what is the contingency that if the borrowing line at the bank that you're used to u- using, uh, the interest rates go up, and what is your contingency for an alternative to that? Uh, other types of things in your overall strategic plan is that question of what if? What if <laughs> this doesn't happen or what if this is not available? What is our contingency? And you can take that from a 
worst case scenario, the ownership changes and you got to make a radical change to the business or flipping it on a positive side, uh, what if it's time uh, to sell the business and what's the contingency plan to do that? So that's right. what I have meant by uh, contingencies. You need to know that not everything's going to work out exactly as planned, so what is the contingency if it doesn't? Perfect, perfect. So as I wrap up, Arlen, I want to uh, thank you so, so much for being on the show today, and I hope you'll come back and visit again with some more words of wisdom. Well, I'm pleased to do that, Donald. Uh, I'm very glad to participate with you. Thanks very much. Okay. And to all you listeners, remember that you can always listen on demand. I hope some of the things we discussed either helped or provoke some questions for your business. Uh, my quote today is, the secret to happiness is freedom, and the secret to freedom is courage. Don't be afraid. Attack the day. So next week, the 22nd, it's going to be hard to believe, but I'm going back under the knife for the 10th operation on my right foot. So I'm bringing back a show that actually Arlen mentioned also that's so important to everyone, and that's the issue of OSHA versus Silica and Jason Sanchek of EDCO to discuss the right and wrong ways to conform to these rules, but also to make money on them. So it's been my honor to spend this time with you. I'm Donald Charbonnet, your host and the diehard of the rental industry, signing off. And remember, be safe and good renting. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for tuning in to Rental Equip Talk Radio. Be sure to join your host, Donald Charbonnet, next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week. We'll be right back.